when you smile, your avatar is smiling. And when you don't understand something, your character will express this. The first political party led by an artificial intelligence. My favorite quote for today, you have mothers and fathers and normal people. <laughs> Everyone in the organization should make it their mission to fall in love with Horizon World. As soon as you watch one stream longer than two minutes, you will have your For You page flooded with exactly the same type of content. There we are. <laughs> I, I didn't find the button. A little bit new music. Uh, Chris, you didn't hear this last time. But since last time, we have a little bit new intro and new music. So for everyone, hi and welcome to episode 35 of Tech Review. Every two weeks, we gather to discuss the hottest topics in technology, innovation and social media. And on camera five today, we have Dan. On camera four today, this is Chris. On camera three, this would be Vincent if he were punctual today. On camera two, this would be Henrike. She might also join later. So today we are in a little bit uh, smaller round than usual. And on camera one, this is me. Hi, I'm Tarek. We are a collaboration of Ideas Engineering, Free Tech Academy and Update.com. You can watch us live and record it on YouTube. But if you prefer to listen to us and our wonderful voices while you're working out or driving a car or flying through space, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. Let's start with the news. Today, I see that Dan is going to start with oh, a better question. Yes, this was a headline which kind of got me going through through the week and uh, Meta had this big event and um, showed off the current state of their work and revealed the MetaQuest Pro um, in this event. And what they basically shared is a headset, a VR headset, which has the opportunity to let the outside world come through through the the cameras which they have on the front so that you have a more ar approach uh, in this headset than with the quest uh, headsets before which is quite interesting because they they kind of disconnecting from this vr idea a little bit with this headset and slightly going more to m more to an approach of a microsoft hololens where they want to combine to mr um, and what I thought was the most interesting aspects of this whole presentation were these two bits. One, how they created an avatar. So how easily you can create with a with a, with a smartphone your your own avatar, and how nicely it is animated. So when you use the Quest Pro, you have the, the possibility of using face detection or ex face expression detection, which allows you to be in a VR or an AR room. And when you smile, your avatar is smiling. And when you don't understand something, uh, your character will express this in, in the gesture and in the, in the facial expressions, which I think is super important. How does the thing see that I'm smiling? I mean, I understand that it might have like cameras inside the headset to see my eye movements, but my mouth is out down here. Does it have like a mouth camera? Yeah, I think it has a camera at the bottom of the, <laughs> the yeah of the headset nice. uh, to see that. <laughs> also, what I think is really nice is that they have now like these controllers when I, what you see on the uh, on the image, which don't need some kind of external source to know where they are. They have now cameras included so you can move them around even behind your back and that still gets the motion and the tracking done really nicely. 
So all in all, what I heard was really positive. But I know that Christian heard also a lot of criticism about this uh, headset. I'm really curious. Maybe we, we can go through a few points we just talked about before we started the recording. <laughs> yeah, I should have started the stream earlier, then uh, you, you wouldn't have to repeat yourself. Uh, no problem. <laughs> Chris, any opinions? Yeah, sure. I mean, <clears throat> so apparently uh, Meta is on the right track, like with uh, the, the Cumbria and uh, with the form factor and uh, everything they put in into this uh, nice gadget. Um, nonetheless, you hear, uh, so shortly after the um, the connect, you heard um, like also a little bit, as you said, a little bit of criticism, um, like for instance, um, talking about the pass-through mode. So apparently it does not really fulfill the expectations regarding quality. So um, it's not that crystal clear as it would have been expected. Then um, another rumor that was going around is that um, the uh, depth sensor, which actually had been announced, seems not to be part of um, of, of the glasses yet, at least. Um, so this is also something which um, at least was a rumor and seemed to have disappointed uh, some people. And um, last but not least, also the, regarding the avatars, I'm totally with you. So it's amazing what... what um, what uh, Meta is currently doing there in the creation of avatars. And I think this is also one of the key elements next to the um, eye tracking and face tracking uh, component, um, actually founding a really working social VR platform. So this is this is key. Um, nonetheless, uh, what they showed with the legs, uh, one heard that that was a little bit like, uh, well, yeah, manipulated uh, to to look good and that it's not really um, available in, in that sense uh, as as it has been showed so uh, there has been there had been help <laughs> to create these these legs but nonetheless I mean we see um, in which direction meta is going to and uh, personally I think that this is uh, the right track right so the mixed reality pass-through mode definitely is key um, and as said, also like the social social aspects uh, based on face tracking, the avatars, that's key as well. I think that sooner or later, probably, hopefully, also the, the depth sensor will be in there. So, I mean, they are on the right track. What I think it's super interesting to see, like how more and more brands verge to MR away from solely doing VR or um, to, to, to get to this mixed reality version and make it better and better. Um, what I thought was also interesting to see the partnership between Microsoft and Meta to also include it into the work and into into the workspace together with Teams and have workspaces together where your avatars can share a virtual space and uh, we could have all of this here with Quest Pro in a virtual space, which would be quite interesting. And I think especially in this context, gesture and facial expressions are key to have a great experience. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see um, how the development of the merging of the real elements and the virtual elements will be in VR headsets and AR headsets, because I'm, I'm reading that the AR headsets became uh, become a more, what's it called, like stronger darkening of the background so that you can uh, better see the virtual elements that are then created in, in this world, maybe even like dynamic darkening. And at the same time, we see in the VR headsets that this 
um, not pass through, but showing of real images in your inside screen so that you can virtually look through the glasses and see like your real room uh, where you are in. Um, they, they come closer and closer. So you get AR in VR headsets and VR in AR headsets. And <laughs> this is really, really interesting. And I'm really curious to see if at some point of time, both will just merge into one product and uh, there will only be like one headset that you put onto your um, head and then it's like either darkening completely or uh, have like only some specific virtual elements in there. Yeah, it's curious which kind of approach will win at the end. Yeah, and it's yeah. super interesting to see. Yeah. My personal bet was always that AR is going to dominate the world because this is what you're going to have in your everyday life on the street uh, while you're walking down there and have like these, this hat mm -hmm. element in front of your eyes. But at the same time, I believe that VR is easier to implement. And so I expect VR equipment to be highly reliable and high quality very way sooner than the ar headsets and so i one could imagine that vr is going to dominate the market earlier but i think in the long term ar is going to be the the mainstream devices that people are going to have but yeah, uh, yeah actually um uh, very interesting i also have a meta link uh, i'm not sure if i'm going to be the next one but <laughs> the the thing is I'm also always impressed that so much money is invested in um, by matter in these infrastructures and software and everything. And the, the, the sad thing is that the media is concentrating right now on on, on focusing on the on the bad things. Uh, they, they see it's, it's not developing fast enough or the quality is not evolving as soon as as fast as we want. And so now everybody is just smashing down on matter. And on the <laughs> one hand, it's it's. On one hand, it's of course justified, yeah, because it is not as shiny and perfect as one would expect. But then again, it is new software, new technology, and so we have to be a little bit patient until it is really straightened out. Yeah, yeah, we had that also like before um, we, we got live. <clears throat> that is, um, I mean, although some of the criticism might be um, founded, um, you also have to see the strong-mindedness of, of uh, Meta and Zuckerberg with which they really put billions of dollars into that platform, into the technology, uh, even if they lose parts of that money big time at the moment. Um, but nonetheless, if, if that would, would not be there, if that development, if that invest would not be there, then we would not see many of the other investments in the immersive uh, development which we currently see and in some kind of immersive future right so um from that point of view one definitely should be well kind of thankful um actually for what what zuckerberg and and meta is really doing against all odds one has to say right so this is really amazing stuff but i also have an article on that so it was a big event so, so meta <laughs> is dominating tech review today nice Okay, let's see what we have uh, next. And now, this. Did you already know uh, the new transition, Chris? Um, not yet. So I still have the HSV transition but in my mind. But it looks different now. Look, look at it. Look at this. And now, this. Yeah, yeah. Different. So this, I have seen that the first time now. Okay. So I still have... <laughs> Like in the back of my mind, the okay, HSV okay. transition. So <laughs> <laughs> this one is definitely much better. Welcome, Vincent. Hello. Only I'm the sorry that article. I'm late. I am, however, very excited. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we, we did not skip you yet. We are only at the second article. Oh, was it? Uh, what what is uh, what was it about? The the first article was uh, MetaQuest Pro VR headset hands on. What thousand five hundred dollars does for the metaverse? I hope you showed the clip, <laughs> the the intro. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Should I? Is did we miss something important? I, I, I don't I don't know if it's in the article, but uh, it was ridiculously fancy for what it can do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope this was the summary of the article too. <laughs> okay, let's let's first jump uh, to the next one. Maybe um, because we are going back to the meta um, to the to the meta world <laughs> a couple of times, so maybe we are going to stumble upon this one. But I definitely want to talk about this article, um, which I read on uh, on Vice.com, and this is about the first political party led by an artificial intelligence. And I really love this article because it reminds me uh, about the, the novel Quality Land. I'm not sure if any of you read Quality Land, um, which is a very, very uh, successful German novel. And uh, there we have, it's like a vision from the future for the future. And there is a political party led by an artificial intelligence. And now in Denmark, we actually have an artificial intelligent um, which is leading the Synthetic Party, which is a real political party. Um, the, their leader is Leader Lars. <laughs> That's the name of this AI. <laughs> and their idea is that the policies that this, um, this party follows is generated by this AI. And it is learning from uh, fringe political parties in Denmark, meaning that um, all the small parties that are not represented in the parliament are, are taken um, into the learning algorithm and their programs, and they used um, all parties uh, since the 1970s, um, not all parties, but uh, all the, of these fringe parties, like the, the corner parties, um, and they used their policies to train this AI. And their idea was that they, they have 20% of the Danes, they are estimating, who do not feel represented by the major public parties. And so those can come together and follow this, uh, this fringe party, this uh, synthetic party. And this is quite interesting because their approach is also very experimental. What they found out that uh, is that this their party program is in some areas controversial because if you take all fringe parties together, they, they do not form like a consistent uh, image. And they said this happens automatically if this artificial intelligence is learning without like discussing and compromising and simply learning what these party programs want from it. And sometimes uh, there are some extreme uh, point of views that are not fitting together. But uh, they say this is then very creative way of um, of motivating people to think about these things without um, washing it down in, in compromise and, and these things. Yeah. So far, they are not in the race for a, a political seat because they need, uh, I think I read, 20,000 signatures to actually get um get allowed to run um and they have not not as many i think what did they write like two or something <laughs> so they still need to get some uh, some signatures but i really like this idea that this this group um they are called mind future foundation it's an artist group that they actually created the system um, which is also available on discord so you can actually chat with leader lars and help 
forming like his opinion by uh, in inserting information that that you want to be represented in there um and so yeah this is this is happening in denmark would you vote for an artificial intelligence that is running for a seat in your government i'm, I'm super surprised by the approach normally i'm used to the approach of learning from the best and not learning from all the all the parties who are not represented in, in the main interest of the Danish people and building a party to represent like what what didn't work the last x amount of years i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't agree actually to be honest so um maybe it's 20% in denmark but look at the rest of europe look especially in, in in germany you have much more many more people not voting the number is really big so all what you what you have now in the in the in the, in the parliament there i mean this is I think it's even not representative so it's is it is it roughly about 50 percent or so of the people who have voted at all so um half of yeah, them it's a bit, no? bit more germany has a very high uh, i have to jump in how, I'm how, sorry how, how big was that i just uh, have in mind that the, i think 60s okay okay then it's but this is very high compared to a lot of other countries actually exactly. germany is quite so, good <laughs> yeah but but even 60 percent is not no, good. it's it the shit. that 40 yeah. of the people have not voted at all because they are frustrated or everything or something True. so and if you would actually be able to collect them under one roof of whatever then um you would be the biggest party in Uh, in in the government in the, in the in the parliament, so this is indeed some kind of um, very um, I would call it substantial uh, development we see here. Maybe it's just the beginning, and I, I would also not vote for an AI. But think of a party which is be forming based on the influence of an AI and just putting some puppets in front of in the first. Uh, First line, some politicians who actually tell what the people want to hear, but being controlled, I wouldn't say controlled, but maybe um, influenced by whatever the, the AI actually is collecting and information, then you definitely would have some kind of threat to our current democracy. So I wouldn't uh, um, mock that down or laugh about that. This is, this is, from my point of view, it can be a development or the beginning of a development. Um, Of, of one of many streams where we see AI really changing our societies, our political systems, our um, the way we we have like uh, warfare, the way we have like social interactions. We have so, we have had so many examples where the AI art. Think about the DALI uh, project. Everything. So many aspects where we have AI changing fundamentally basic. Um, conventions within our society and our living together that if you take that all into one you really could get the impression that something is about to change slowly but surely but there is a start well i would still argue and but laugh about it since an ai is only as good as the people a creating it and b what it's what kind of information it's used to learn how you develop develop the model because uh, for example the chatbot from microsoft is a really nice chatbot which gets became a racist and was quite insulting towards women because it learned from from humans <laughs> uh, through interaction it's too simple it's too simple um, and i would argue if if this ai is learning on facts and on 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 
on history and how concepts work and how politics work and how human interactions work, yeah, fine. But if I can use a Discord bot to make this thing a very racist machine, um, I, I would, yeah, I, I wouldn't vote for it at all. <laughs> I yeah, but I said, yeah. that's too simple. Like, think about the Google bot. Um, so there we had really people um, believing that there's some kind of mental entity behind that. They were really convinced that they were talking to a person or personality. So um, again, we are we are not, as said, I'm not not saying I would vote for an AI, which I see and understand that there's an eye behind that nowadays. But I mean, if you do an interpolation with tendencies like these for the next one, two, five years, I definitely see an, uh, a development here. I definitely see an endangerment of um, social conventions, which we had so far. And also, if you take that into consideration that at the same time, um, we have a process of um, of, of losing uh, social conventions we had uh, so far based on uh, the current developments which we see, like wars and and uh, people are drifting uh, away from each other socially, and uh, also the, the the social pact which always had been there between generations and and uh, people in society is is loosening more and more. And if you have these um, tendencies, everybody's living in their own bubble. We had that many many times. And if if now this new stream, this new tendency, actually would grab into this um, development of dissolution, then I could imagine that, um, yeah, as I said, that something, some new kind of development takes place and something which we might not like in the, in the long run. But I think um, that this system is not there, what you're describing right now. So, so Chris, I co completely agree with you that uh, in the future, I, I definitely see this coming. And at least as some kind of like recommendation system for party decisions or something like that. Um, what this artist community is, is creating right now looks and feels more like an arts project. Because this, let's take as basic data everything that we have from these fringe parties, it is not consistent. And I don't think that anybody who's actually reading what this thing is then representing feels represented by this. Because if I imagine, like, take the party programs from the very far left and very far right parties, throw them together, I don't know if anyone would want to vote for this <laughs> because it's it might be like, like the worst from both worlds. And so I, I'm not sure if, if this particular approach that they are going with this is, is successful. <laughs> <laughs> also here, also here, I do not agree. I mean, I think you were the one who actually brought a fun video like last time, where uh, one pe one person from the far left and one person from the yeah. far right actually were so close to each other that this that the circle actually uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> touched each other's ends so that they were more or less at the same opinion. And this is also what we see nowadays on various demonstrations: people from left and right walking together in one group. So I mean, it's not that far from reality. And yeah. as said, I don't say that this. Uh, um, experiments of artists is is uh, something where I would say, okay, now this is a start. But I just was talking about the whole tendency of AI development we see in various aspects of society, of culture, um, of economics and whatever. Um, and so this, this is what I would call a start. Not now, but as said, if you do the interpolation within or over the next years, one year, two years, five years, ten years, 
then I could imagine that something has started now. I, I would agree in the sense of recommendation engines and support and research, which you already see in some legal offices that that AIs take over research, stuff like this as well. But voting for a party which then rules the country means giving up responsibility for you, how you live, how you organize, what's right or wrong, um, and then giving this into a hand of an AI. Yeah, you really must take responsibility to a certain degree to do that. And I kind of don't see humans doing this. Or even if you say, well, put human puppets in front of it, I would always, there would always be the question of, are they really puppets? Are they really following the AI? Uh, how much pressure can this AI build up behind these puppets to force them to certain decisions and so on? I, I really like your belief that you still believe in, um, so to say, the good in all mankind. Um, I hope you're true. Maybe, maybe there will be another approach in the future where you do not have like one AI controlling a party, but several AI entities being members and voting members of the party, where you have maybe 50% of synthetic people voting within the party so that you have actual different voices with different trained data sets within this party. This might be an alternative. And you have the, the people being members of the party as well. And so they vote like as equals. But why should we do it? That, that is like the driving force. This is an art project and probably curiosity driven. Why should yeah, we don't do it you, like seriously? Don't you think that, I mean, the question, as said, I love your belief in the good of all mankind, but I also think that the question, why should we do it, sorry about that, from my point of view, is a little bit naive, because we can. So this is what usually happens uh, when when people do something. It's not because it's for the best of the world or of mankind or everything. So they just sometimes do things because they can. And um, I mean, why would we lead wars, for instance? Yeah you can answer that question for yourself so things happen bad things happen and of course if there is a potential like with ais people will use it for their personal um, improvement power um, money uh, all the classical aspects why people do well things which are i'm 50 50 it's it, with ai it's it's like with everything else right with every every new and and big technology uh, in the end it's not the technology which is good or bad in the end it's the person who uses that technology for a for a purpose and that can be good that can be bad even that is uh not objective so very often depends on the perspective somebody else has that you sell that you have that the person has who use it is, uses it. So, but nonetheless, uh, the general and question and the general uh, statement on, I think we can do is that the, the medium as such is neither positive nor negative, but in the end, it's the purpose you use it for. Okay, last word uh, goes to Arnold. And now? And now, this. Next one is Chris with ah, <laughs> the same article that I brought. Okay, then we, we save some time. Chris, please go ahead. 
Okay, um, yeah, this is exactly what <laughs> we have currently spoken about already or teasered already. Everyone, uh, of the, it's about Metas, Metaverse, Horizon Worlds, right? And um, it's about a statement that uh, Metas VP um, Vishal Shah actually um, wrote to um, an, in, in an internal memo to, to the employees saying that everyone in the organization should... Um, should make it their mission to fall in love with Horizon Worlds. Right? <laughs> so um, why what that? Yeah, we have spoken about MetaConnect, which we've seen last week, the new Cumbria, everything, of course, uh, Horizon Worlds. And um, so it seems that the Metaverse flagship actually um, suffers a bit from quality issues at the moment. And this is um, even or because of even the team developing Horizon Worlds hardly uses their own uh, creation, right? And uh, SL Vishal Shah, he wrote about that, um, I think, in the middle of September in an internal memo saying, and this is a quote, many of us are not spending much time with Horizon and our dashboards show this pretty clearly. And why is that? Why do we love the product we've built so much? Um, sorry, why don't we love the product which we have built so much that we use it all the time? And the simple truth is, if we don't love it, how can we expect our users to love it? Right. So this is, of course, a very valid question. And then two, two weeks later, he wrote exactly that quote uh, from the title. Everyone in this organization should make it their mission to fall in love with Horizon Worlds. Right? So um, loving the product um, is, is kind of being forced here. And uh, this is, as we have like stated before, for a platform that Meta spends billions and billions every year to build its vision of the metaverse. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, one can say that this impression that is being stated here um, of reluctance, so to say, regarding the product is also reflected in the user numbers. So with its launch earlier this year, so we have read that um, Horizon Worlds reached from a start 300,000 users. And uh, the pro pro uh, prognosis, so to say, was that they wanted to have half a million active users by the end of the year. And now, right now, they have actually cut that number down. They have uh, nearly reduced it to half, to 200. 80,000, as far as I remember. And currently, right now, as of today, Horizon Worlds has less than 200,000 active users. And that is even less than at the launch, which is quite impressive uh, in a negative way, of course. And um, especially that is a lower number than uh, the competing products, right? Like Rec Room or VRChat or uh, some platforms like these. And um, this is also very important then regarding other numbers, regarding the worlds or the number of the worlds. They have like more than 10,000 uh, user-created VR worlds in, in Horizon Worlds. Um, but it seems that only 9% of those were really visited by more than 50 people. So this is um, what you could read about the currently usage and uh, most worlds were even not accessed at all. And if I could also... Um, Till or or as a as a as an own impression, give my experience, um, which I had in in Horizon Worlds every now and then, is that indeed many of the featured venue spaces, which you see then in the beginning, and you could jump there and have have a look there, um, very often they are either simply empty or not uh, or interesting enough actually to to captivate 
yourself for 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 the length of a time right so you get there and then you have a look around but it's not like you say oh i will spend the rest of my day here um what on the other hand is quite interesting and that was really um irritating a bit to me is that um there were many many or very often you you meet children in meta uh, on on various locations where i've been i've met children for whatever reasons so um irritating yeah and um so the conclusion is that what we had um, beforehand also when we when we were discussing in the beginning that uh, it still seems to be a long way until Meta actually um, will reach those announced billion users at the end of uh, the decade and uh, then we'll be able to, to found the digital ecosystem which we are all dreaming of. But as said, on the other hand, one really has to say, uh, and this is what I said in the beginning, if, if Meta... First of all, if they manage to reach this goal sooner or later, then they will, of course, be the king on the dance floor. They they will have made it then. And um, I also have to say yet that I wish that to Meta because if Zuckerberg, if Meta would not do what they are currently doing, if they would not burn all this money, um, then, of course, we would not see all the developments in the inversive environment which we see currently and which are actually um, working for a immersive future, which we are all, um, maybe not all hoping for, but at least me and many other people are looking forward to. So I'm quite happy that they do what they do, uh, even if it uh, burns money at the moment. But I really... Um, uh, 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 understand the strong-mindedness of, of Zuckerberg, and uh, I really like that uh, development. So let's see what happens in the future. Yeah, as yeah. I said, I brought the same the same article. Um, I was also stunned by this. On the one hand, the first of all, the one thing that I picked up on this is they are writing about dog fooding dashboards. I'm not sure if you're aware of what this is. In, in software engineering, we always say, eat your own dog food in terms of if you build a service, use your own service so that you, be, you can be like a, a, a consumer and you feel the same pain as the others. So this is like the dog, eat your own dog food principle. You do not build software that you... You, by your own never use and so that they have something like dog fooding dashboards that shows how many employees are locked in into this platform is really amazing <laughs> but on the same time i try to be very positive about uh meta and the whole um meta universe the metaverse that they are building in there but having an article like this from the verge is of course very very hurtful because it, it shows that they really have these internal pro problems that even their own people do not like the project or this is of course the interpretation they do not like the own product um, that they are building and this shows lack of um, uh, passion in there you, you want people who are really passionate about this project so that they they um, they fight to make this a better product and of course, it could be that they are simply, they don't have enough time because they spend all their time working on this project that they can't log in and test it, right? But I don't know, yeah? You, you do not want to hear this. And I could imagine that Vishal Shah really hates himself for writing these memos because you have to expect these memos to go out there and then it is really, really bad publicity if, if you write these memos and everybody's going to read them. But it brings me I back to the question. That, that, oh, sorry, Vincent, go. No, you go ahead. To the question I asked before, it's like, why should you be there? And I think they haven't figured out why should you be in Horizon? And why should you invest, A, with the hardware? 
and and then your time so because you have other solutions right now at hand which are way cheaper to probably serve the same causes you would use horizon for meeting friends online etc and even meeting friends online either you have a chat like we do at the moment or you play a game together and i think i'm really curious how microsoft is pushing their mr approach forward not just with hololens but they have so so many strong licenses in the background something like minecraft um where they can provide a why to for such a world to go into and to interact with this world and they already kept thousands of players worldwide millions of players worldwide with these uh, offers what i think it's super important is that yeah dan what you're also saying like why would i go there and what should i do there this is a question we haven't fully answered but not only because the product is shit but also because we haven't answered fully what this for us is in the end what kind of immersive experience we want to have there and therefore i think it actually is quite true to say it's their mission to fall in love with the product because only if we use it, it can get better i mean this is on the one hand very true on the one hand it's a very weak argument of saying hey we didn't put in the work um please use it so we can make it better um but then again, I think that um, because this is so undefined, because we don't know what we really want to do in Horizon Worlds, for example, I think that it is very valid to say, please use this tool as much as possible in order for us to define then where to go. This is not an excuse to make a bad product. And I think we discussed this, Chris, you said we discussed this a few weeks ago already. Uh, it is very true that that the experience you have there is so much more limited to what you expect before using it. So, uh, it, yeah, yeah. but I, I do see the point. And the problem, of course, is also like the marketing beforehand, right? You have all these streamlined videos and everything is really is, is, is shiny and, and looking nicely and smoothly. And then you get into Ryzen Worlds for the first time and then you're a little bit down to earth <laughs> in regards to what, what your expectation was. Yeah, especially because we know that the metaverse uh, lives, first of all, for interconnectedness. So you probably will see in the future that we have our virtual meeting room where when we meet, we have this virtual whiteboard and virtual post-its and everything. And it's perfect for this particular purpose. And we can somehow interconnect this with our, I don't know, Minecraft server and move our taskbar to the Minecraft world or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, but there you have each individual room with this individual purpose. And it was probably a poor decision to have this generalistic horizons where you can do everything, but not sp specifically for one particular purpose as this flagship app. And flagship means usually you want to have everybody in there, but you can't do anything particular very well in there. It's too, it's too general, I could imagine. And, and so from product perspective, I don't know if it was a very smart move to, to use this as a smart uh, as a flagship app. For example, uh, what we learned in the past, uh, Beat Saber, like this very, very simple VR game where you use these laser, laser swords to uh, smash cubes, 
Very simple, but it's one of the most successful games because it's so much fun and it's so simple. Yeah, you, it's, it's everybody can do it. Yeah, and something like this would be an amazing flagship app because everybody loves it and it, it shows in a very, very particular way what you can do with these technologies. And if the purpose was to show what you can do in the metaverse with legs, for example, you can do this in any kind of, of worlds. And so I think they actually followed the wrong path by being too generalistic without this clear purpose. What would be yeah. interesting is... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Would be a virtual dining room. Um, yeah. Like, like having a Mensa when, when you have a team meeting and normally you would have like your coffee meetings or your XYZ meetings and you, you have like a virtual dining room where you can then sit at home, everybody at home, and you still have these, all these conversations you would have at a normal lunch, which you share with friends or family or colleagues. I think the problem uh, with something like um, virtual Facebook, if you want to put it that way, um, is indeed the general approach, the very generalistic approach, right? That it's not like with Beat Saber, it's just one use case, but that you really have a broad, broad spectrum of many, many, many use cases. And this is exactly the catch-22 thing. On the one hand, if you want to reach um, um, a market of, of a billion customers, if you want to replace something like Facebook with something like Horizon Worlds, then of course we have to take this approach, like with all these use cases, many, many social use cases also, um, gaming and also business use cases, but you have to have this broad spectrum of use cases. But then, of course, the risk, and this is what we see currently, is that if you offer that from start, you will not have the amount of users from the beginning to fill all these use cases and all these events and, and, uh, and venues. And so what we see is what we currently see that many of the venues are more or less empty and have like less than 50 people in there and so and um yeah then if people get in there it's the same mechanism which we saw like many years ago with second life that people get in there they look around nobody here so then i go out and never come back and if that happens then of course it will be very difficult there's um uh, yeah, very difficult actually to 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 get the the worlds filled with people, which you need to get the whole thing going, right? So, and this is exactly the catch twenty two thing. On the other hand, to be fair, I have to say when I was in, um, I was when when Connect started, I was in um, in Horizon Worlds, for instance. I saw the keynote and a little bit of the first um, presentations from from Horizon Worlds, and I was in that venue place, and then there was this big. Uh, monitor and lots of people actually were hanging around there. This is something different than like just having a video conference and looking together at a 2D video screen. You really are in there, right? You really have this immersive three-dimensional uh, um, feeling in there. And also then two or three days later, I was in another venue where there was kind of a party going on. And that was really nice. It is something it's totally different than just a 2D video conference. So you really can talk to people, you can interact with them. There was some kind of pub quiz or so going on. And uh, people were um, were were people were guessing for, yes. um, for, for, I think for animals or something, right? So that was really fun. I mean, you cannot believe there were 30 people or so and, and they were um, talking and everybody was like guessing what it might be. And then they were laughing about it and it was really a good mood. And this is something which you would not have in, in 2D. And this is something where I thought, okay, it might be working if they would 
improve it a bit regarding the quality of what you're currently seeing, the quality of the whole environments and um, a little bit of the features. And then it could be working, right? And and if they on the on the second on the other hand are able actually to reduce the size and the weight of the glasses, then we might be going into the right direction. And the price, of course, I mean, thousand eight hundred euros is a, bit, a little bit too high. This was also like not um, consequent from my point of view that they have these uh, the target group. You see, like family fathers and family mothers and and normal people, right, doing games in in VR. And then on the other hand, you have like uh, glasses with uh, one thousand eight hundred euros. So that was something which, from my point of view, was not um, fitting. So let's wait for MetaQuest 3. Um, but nonetheless, um, this was more for the business case from my point of view. There we have other issues. But um, nonetheless, I think the whole development is getting into the right direction. It's just... Um, a heavy start. My favorite quote for today is from you, Chris, where you said, you have mothers and fathers and normal people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I said and normal people. What I just meant is that they are were normal people in the in the uh, promotion videos. Yeah, check right. it out in the stream after. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> and now this. Vincent. Yes, which one? Let's see. Article, I mean. Not Social media today. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. This is a follow-up article for something I brought a few months ago, actually. I think I brought it, no, not months ago. I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like like the three weeks, uh, three times ago or something I brought that Twitter is finally enabling the editing of a, of a, of a post. And um, they have, they've playing around with that, uh, have been playing around with that in several countries. And um, what they did was they said, well, let's do it first for our blue users, for our premium users. And they increased, even increased the price for the blue subscription because they said, well, the most powerful feature and most requested feature in social media is here. And then they launched it. And what we now see is that nobody cares. <laughs> nobody Okay, uh, you can edit a post now, that's fine. It's also very limited. You have, I think, 10 minutes or 30 minutes, and in that time you can edit the post five or six times, and the post history is still available. You maybe recall from the last time I spoke about this. So it's not like it's gone, gone. On the other hand, for now, I, may, I don't know how many years we use Twitter as a big social platform, but, I mean, since that beginning uh, we just were able to you know it's not the longest uh, twi a twitter post so it is very easy to just delete and start over um, and yeah actually um, just looking at the time here this is it summarized twitter blue users were able to use the feature are able to use the feature and literally nobody cares we see a big not a big increase we see some people subscribing to it but that also might be just the hype, but in the long run, no, this will not replace advertisement, Mr. Musk. <laughs> yeah, my, my first thought was exactly maybe it's just not um, a good argument to to pay for a subscription, right? To pay for premium service simply to have this feature of editing the tweets. But then you said um, even the existing blue customers are not using it then. Yeah, obviously nobody actually wants to have it <laughs> or, or need it. Or. Uh, no, no, 
No, I need to. I need to, then. I need to correct myself. Uh, the idea that, or the argument that, editing is not something we see, we see being used. It is more about people who actually subscribe to Blue for that. It uh, it is not based on the usage of the of the feature. So I don't know. Maybe Twitter Blue users are editing like crazy everything okay. they tweet. Um, this I don't have any data about, but we can see that what Twitter anticipated with the with with actually making the subscription uh, more expensive, um, that people will be interested in this and will subscribe just for that feature. And I mean, this is one of the biggest arguments, right, for them to. Uh, to, to actually offer such a subscription. I mean, why, why would you want a Twitter Blue subscription? But one of the reasons is because you can edit your post. The, the one feature everybody requested at Twitter. <laughs> and we see that there's actually no spike. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Sometimes yeah. people do not know what they want. You ask them, they answer, but then they don't use it. Yeah, but maybe not for six ninety nine. I wonder, like, in, if, in two years, when you evaluate what the people are really changing uh, in their tweets, uh, what, what will be the second thing after changing typos? Um, and paying $6.99 for changing typos, is, yeah, well, delete it and write it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that this feature will be highly and frequently used when it comes to the free uh, when it comes to the free membership as long as soon as this is a i'm sure that this feature will be a blast as soon as it's available for everybody because then we will then exactly do that and nothing else yeah i think so as well I remember this now this. sorry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> what, what's, what's it? i i was just kind of thinking about the different social media platforms where i can edit posts Oh, not social media, but for example, in Teams or in Slack. And it's most of the time it's a typo or, oh, there's one more sentence I would like to share. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the most famous uh, tweet of all times, the Kofifi? <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. Nobody? Nope. Not at all. What is that? Do Donald Trump was tweeting like somewhere in the middle of the night or so, I think it was just Kofifi, C-O-V-F-E-F-E -E -E, or something like that. And like millions of followers were receiving this tweet and started to interpreting what he was trying to tell the people. It was just like, I don't know, like a butt dial or something like that. It was just kofifi. Lost the bell. Yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, Dan, you can directly continue. with. Yeah, on the behalf of social media platforms and rich people buying them. Uh, I, I stumbled across this and I thought it was really interesting. Kanye West is buying Parler or is interested in buying Parler. And if you remember, Parler is the platform which got kicked off AWS um, during Trump uh, during Trump time uh, because it was a collection for right-wing people who organized the riot on, on the Capitol probably through this. And um, since Kanye West's I think Twitter account got um, blocked as well due to some of his posts. He decided now to buy his own social ne network. And to be honest, it's it's less that Kanye West is doing it, which concerns me. But this trend of super influential people buying these kind of platforms, um, to w which is used in society as a demographic 
instrument to exchange voices, to have discussions, not in a perfect way, don't get me wrong, but that single individuals take over these platforms, which are proven to be controversial, is, is, a, is a at least questionable tendency. But I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah, um, I think it, these platforms are losing a lot of drive when they start to um, fragment this market very, very much. Because at the end, you have this very, very small bubble of people using Parler and another small people, uh, group of people using the Truth app. And maybe, um, I don't know, Facebook is, is shrinking so much down that it's only like a very, very small group using Facebook. And I'm very um, annoyed by this fragmentation of the streaming market, for example. Uh, at some point of time, I had Netflix. And now I have to have uh, Apple Plus and Disney Plus and Paramount Plus and this and that and so, so many streaming services. And this really annoys me that you can't have one subscription and really have the majority of the products that you want to have. And if I open up my phone and I have to check 10 different social media sites simply to stay up to date, then we will start seeing something like these aggregation apps that are then connecting like your Truth account and your Parler account and everything again into, into one. Yeah, I, I, I really don't like it. And um, yeah, that's, that's my personal opinion from the consumer's point of view. From the other point of view, if I, I think. Uh, sorry, sorry, one, one sorry. last thought about this. Um, if now Kanye West would be in our round, he would probably answer with, yeah, he wants to stay on Twitter and he do not want to uh, fragment the market on purpose, but he's forced to do so because he is uh, censored on Twitter. And so he does not have a choice sure. but creating his own realm. Vincent. I just wanted to agree with you more on the first thing than on the second thing you said uh, and talk about Be Real and TikTok Now. I think, Tarek, we met uh, yeah. on TikTok Now a few <laughs> times and then I deleted the app and I hope you did too. Kind of, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, the the, the, the the second tap on TikTok, or the TikTok app currently being TikTok Now, but without having TikTok Now unusable, <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Uh, we need to have with TikTok at a certain point, but... Um, However, what I wanted to say is that this exactly this fragmentation in the end, I believe, will you will end up in um, in a whole discontinuing of a lot of features that actually are quite nice, but then uh, in the end they are very unhandy to use. Right? Last time I brought the example of Instagram having the same feature, and with one update they could easily wipe out Be Real and TikTok now at a glance because this is much more feasible in such an environment like the Instagram app um, or Instagram as an environment than, than having its own freaking app or having a whole different platform. But yeah, and, and I think it's the same here. In the end, we'll see different platforms and we see that people own them. And in the end, this will be too complicated because either we're going to use, I mean, Maybe you remember the MSN times where we had different chatbots in the in the end. We had a website, I, don't, I forgot the name, that has an, had an API in every of these chat accounts. So you could chat on one account. <clears throat> or right now in the messaging market again, where the EU makes everybody to use the same protocol. So actually we stop blue and green bubbles. Um, but generally saying that um, in the end, this will lead to a, us just simplifying it again, just as you said, Tarek, and um, all of those platforms will go away again. 
So I think this is just ridiculous because this makes our lives uh, life much harder, um, especially because it is just individuals uh, playing around because they are very eccentric in the way they want to be want to address things. Not sure there either. So uh, especially if you see that from like a different angle, right? So again, I could imagine like um, with Twitter and uh, Musk and Trump with his own social platform and now this one. So that again, from my point of view, this is an indicator for the separations and the splittings which we see in society, right? So and this is so to say the next level of, of cancel culture, right? So if people are not being heard any longer or feel that they are not being listened to, then they just leave and then they do their own realms, their own social platforms, whatever. So again, an indicator which um, for me shows that society is splitting up in various many different um, parts. And those parts are not talking to each other any longer. They just uh, get their truth where they think the real truth, so to say, is being uh, is being claimed. And um, so this is kind of a um, bunker mentality, right? And this is, again, something which, from my point of view, is really dangerous to the uh, within Uh, our society for the uh, cohesion, right? So that people really stay together. People don't stay together any longer. They just get around their flag, but their flag, and there are many flags out there. And um, yeah, people don't care for each other any longer. And this is from my point of view, really dangerous. And this, by the way, brings me back to the first article, which we had with this Danish AI social party thing. Um, this is another outgrown, so to say, of this development, this 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 AI, AI thing just in the beginning. But let's talk about that maybe in five years time. And then maybe we really have AI parties <laughs> which collect all these people around their various flags and uh, which don't belong to mainstream. And then they put them all together. I wouldn't exclude it. I just saw another very important piece of information that I did not know. Kanye West is now legally known as Ye. Ye. Yeah. <laughs> is this a thing? I think. It's Ye? like with, with, with Prince and Symbol? Yeah. Well, But better, of course, because it's Ye. Did you say Ye? I think so. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I did not know that. That's news. <laughs> Nice. If, if you take one thing away and from now, our podcast today, I, I, I keep interrupting you, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You're muted. I am? No, no it's done. Oh, okay. So if sorry. you have one takeaway for this for this whole hour, then Kanye West is now Yi. <laughs> yeah, that's the title of this episode now. <laughs> Kanye West is now Yi. And now we have Chris. Again, a very morbid sounding article. But we are already over time. Yeah. Um, do, do, do you want to take it to the next one? Uh, next tech review? Or? Uh, no, I don't, I don't care. Okay. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a short one, I think. Um, would have brought us death. Yeah, and this is um, about HoloLens, actually. Um, <laughs> but about the military version uh, of it. And uh, I can remember that we have spoken about that beforehand somewhere. Mm. And we're wondering how something fragile like augmented reality actually should be used 
out there in the rough environment of a battlefield, right? So this is something which still does not really um, fit uh, in my mind. And um, then indeed, <laughs> I was stumbling about this uh, this headline we have here, would have brought us death. And, and I thought, well, yeah, it's probably because uh, the, the AR um, HoloLens experience is not stable enough to um, to keep people alive in in the battlefields. But it's not like that. Uh, so that is a little bit misleading. So interestingly, this this headline um, does not refer to the stability of AR. Um, but uh, according to Business Insider, where the article comes from, um, who actually has a source in from from an army report, um, they said that test that the tester there stated this um, it would have killed us because of the bright display lights of the glasses that and that they were visible hundreds of meters, so to say, in the dark of the battlefield. And that, of course, you can imagine, um, makes you a target quite Damn. easily. Yeah. And so and so as a result, Microsoft actually has fixed that. Um, and nevertheless, even afterwards, it seemed that expectations for the system were still not met, right? So I read on the article, it said that only two out of six evaluation procedures were passed. And then again, the main points of criticism besides the display lights were two others. It was the high weight, um, so that apparently restricts the freedom of movement and uh, the narrowed field of the vision due to the glasses. And so I think, okay, this is more or less mechanical aspects, right? It is less related to the functionality of augmented reality. But um, it is only the mechanical aspects, right? The the restrictions of the freedom and the narrow field of vision. So um, what I concluded from that is that apparently the AR thing as such seemed to be working, even under difficult conditions. But that um, the the peripheral aspects, the mechanical aspects, were what made the whole thing not a success so far. But as a bottom line, I would say, um, nonetheless, this seems to be a good indicator statement uh, for the future of augmented reality and mixed reality, because um, that actually seems to be working. And I mean, if 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 I would uh, put that into the normal use cases, not the military use case, but the everyday use cases, then I would say um, this is um, nice because the technology as such seems to be working. And if you would not use it in a battlefield, then this is uh, quite promising from my point of view. <laughs> yeah, the, the army would say, yeah, but that is exactly what we want to do. <laughs> yeah, but as I said, this is just one use case and not the use case I usually deal with. So I would be happy if it would be working in everyday's life. And uh, if that is the case, then for me, the article, although with a negative uh, headline, is quite positive in the bottom line. Yeah, right. right. I, I see. I see the the army Unix sitting in a circle and saying, "We can't go to battle with this, but at least we can log into um, uh, Facebook Horizon, Meta Horizon, and <laughs> build sandcastles." <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can do team building in there or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> nice but 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 it, it's interesting if you have like a night op operation during the night and uh you as an enemy just can look for this bright <laughs> eyes wandering over <laughs> through the forest you know it's a pretty good target yeah absolutely not bad and now this 
last one for today is Vincent. Oh, really? Oh, that's um, interesting. I, I brought three today. Oh, okay. Uh, but, it, but it looks like one didn't get in. Unfortunately, the one I wanted to present the most... Okay, you can uh, send it into the chat if you if you like. Yeah, put it into the chat. Absolutely, hang on. So the article not visible right now, but um, the article I brought actually is quick, but it's very interesting. It's about TikTok, and it's about live streaming. So I don't know how much you watch streams on tiktok um lives um i don't because i mostly find them irritating annoying not very useful and as long as soon as you watch one stream longer than two minutes you will have your for you page flooded with exactly the same type of content so i don't know i did the mistake of two weeks ago watching somebody playing the um, modern warfare 2 beta Uh, and also the new Warzone map, and now my whole life live feed is 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 YouTubers and Twitchers, so um, it's annoying. Um, but uh, no, also I mean when you swipe a lot, right, you will see that there's a lot of extremely cringe lives, and it is exactly it's interesting because it is exactly the way TikTok used to be a few years ago when you when you opened up TikTok in 2019. It was the weirdest platform. It was there was so much cringe content going on, and people you you were asking yourself, why did you upload this video? What? <laughs> why did you perform in this? It's the same on live. I challenge you, go to live and go. I don't know, swipe 60 minutes. You will encounter the weirdest stuff, and um, one of the reasons for that is because people are underage. I don't. I'm sorry. That's how it is. TikTok realized the same. And what they did now is they raised the age from 16 to 18. I don't know how they check this. I've I never got asked by by TikTok. I never got asked by TikTok how old I am. However, I have to admit I only try to stream with a verified account. So maybe this is the thing. I don't know, Tarek, if you ever got asked by TikTok uh, how old you are. I don't recall. Or to prove to prove it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so the idea is to have a um have streaming now only from the age of 18 and up. Um and also this the streams happening there will be in an adult only category. I don't understand what does actually mean because to be frank, every stream would then be adults only. Uh, but I think as far as I understand, uh, it is for the users. So only a user with a specific age can watch this. So, um, I'm still thinking that it's not. I still I'm still thinking that it's still on the community guidelines. So we're not going to have like a chatterbait kind of situation there going on. So it's not only fans and TikTok. No, I, I don't. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But the key takeaway, and then I uh, we can stop talking about this. But I found it very interesting. TikTok is raising the bar 16 to 18. Not an issue for us here in the call, but maybe for somebody listening. And definitely uh, uh, something against cringe talk. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. And I'm really looking forward to see what will happen there. Because as I understood, um, the big power of TikTok was always that their main audience was between 13 and 28 or something. Meaning that if they res add restrictions like that, that they kind of 
um, close the doors for half of their of their users if if the base of TikTok is that young. That's a very interesting I, approach. I think what we see here is TikTok is just like any other, and it's very important, not social, but any other entertainment platform. It's professionalizing. TikTok is getting more and more professional, 10-minute videos, live stream only for adults. I'm, I'm sure that we will see something like a rise also in the upload in the quality you can upload videos now i think that we will see that the uh, upload quality will increase increase over time and we will see that tiktok will become much more entertainment and i think the core reason for that is advertising tiktok is financing itself by advertising something for something created by somebody underage uh, especially in the live sector is not brand safe therefore not marketable they see that the numbers for live usage is rising and because it is like a linear tv or a live stream somewhere um, you know that you catch viewers especially there so um, i think that um, we will see that the quality of the content you can upload and stream will get better and then we will see much more ads Funny thing is that uh, everything you described and said over or to regarding regarding TikTok like two years ago and it was the most strange platform and everything reminds me a little bit of what we see with um, Horizon Worlds now, right? Uh, but without start. the users. And let, let's wait two more years and maybe we have the same development as with TikTok um, over the last two years. So um, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Fingers crossed. We will, we will. Maybe not Horizon fucking words, but maybe <laughs> uh, some, uh, maybe some other. No, but honestly, so maybe some other platform. We will see that. I'm Chris. I'm, I'm so sure that you're right with this. 100 percent. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so we are over time. Thank you all very much for all your contributions, and uh, I'm looking forward to see you back in uh, episode 36. Have a beautiful evening and uh, rest of the week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Tech Review. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you. And if it was, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next Tech Review.